Today is Thursday, July 13th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Jim Jordan and Republicans pummel FBI Director Ray during a hearing on abuse of government power claims. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to hold up your end of the bargain. We're here every weekday morning at 7 a.m. you got to subscribe if you haven't. Leave a rating, share it with a friend. You can email us as well, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. Joining me now to get through that news of the cray, as we like to call it, Billy Hallowell and Madison Seals is here as Trey is off gallivanting around on his skiing trip in July or wherever he is on vacation. Hope he's enjoying it, but... Guys, happy Friday, Junior. What's up? Well, Madison's just going to replace Trey. That's what's happening now. <laughs> Don't tell him. Madison. Don't tell him. <laughs> He's irreplaceable. I promise. I'm not replacing him. Well said, Madison. Good to be back, no, lying, lying is a sin, Madison. <laughs> lying is a sin. Oh, man. Uh, well, we're glad to have you on board, Madison. And I know uh, you've got an, an oldie but a goodie. An oldie in a way that we've seen this happen before, but it's happening again. Uh, for the focus story today. Right. Yeah, it's not a not across this time, but last Friday, attorneys argued at the U.S. District Court, Eastern District of Arkansas, that's a mouthful, <laughs> about the constitutionality of a Ten Commandments monument ah. on the grounds of the Arkansas State Capitol. Yes. So, so going after the Ten Commandments again. So we'll have, the, we'll have the details on that. Looking forward to that on the focus story. And on the main thing, CBN's Brody Carter. We know church attendance is down, but he's looking at one ministry that is working behind the scenes online to try to change that trend. So all that and more is coming up on the podcast today. But first, we're going to start with the news in 90 seconds. Ohio's Jim Jordan didn't hold back when questioning FBI Director Christopher Wray yesterday, slamming the double standard that exists now in our justice system, comparing Hunter Biden and that treatment to how Trump has been Uh, treated by the department. Ray said the Bureau is absolutely not protecting the Biden family during his testimony before the House Judiciary Committee, in which he tried to defend the FBI. Jordan pointed out the Bureau's efforts to suppress the Biden laptop story and target conservatives and more. Conservatives have been leery of abuses of power in recent months, with incidents like the DOJ targeting Mark Houck, and other pro-life activists while virtually ignoring a rash of attacks on pro-life pregnancy clinics. Elon Musk is entering the AI race. He announced a new company called XAI, and Musk says it will work closely with Twitter, Tesla, and other companies to make progress towards our mission. Musk said the goal of XAI is to understand the true nature of the universe. That was according to the company's website. And Japan ramps up its military amid rising fears of Chinese invasion of Taiwan. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out those stories and more over at CBNnews.com. Guys, I was interested in this Elon Musk thing. I mean, the AI race, we know AI is here. And it's... It's off to an interesting start. It's it's both simultaneously fascinating what you can do with it, but it's it's got some quirks still and some kinks to work out of the system. I just tried one the other day. I wrote, you know, if two people leave the same spot at the same time, but one's riding on a camel and the other one's riding on 100 bunny rabbits, who gets there first? It was such a random thing. I, I just wanted to see what it would say. And it said, well, 
the person riding on 100 bunny rabbits, a bunny rabbit goes about 10 miles an hour. So 100 times 10, they're traveling 1,000 miles per hour. <laughs> and so they'll get to the 300 miles in 18 minutes. And I'm like, wait a minute. Who knew if you could travel on bunny rabbits at 1,000 miles an hour? That'd be amazing. Anyway, some kinks in the system. But with Elon getting in, things are getting more interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I uh, I look <laughs> at all this and I just, I think... Humans, we don't do anything particularly well. I mean, some sometimes we get it right, you know, so every once in a while. I just look at this, and, and of course, the goal is to understand the true nature of the universe. I know, and I, I know. That and I'm like, okay, I'm creeped out now. <laughs> yeah, it sounds a bit Scientological or whatever the equivalent of the Scientology world yeah. would be to yeah. me. Yeah, indeed, the nature of the universe. And it's like, well, I can tell you about that, Elon. You don't need to create an AI thing. I mean, how are you getting truth? from AI. We have to input that stuff in there. So that that was interesting to me. And it's it's sad that people are constantly looking for validation, information from ourselves and not from scripture. But I guess as Christians, we can kind of, I guess we can expect that, right? We can expect people to misdirect where they're going to try to find ultimate truth from. Well, imagine being able to, like we have, we have so much chaos right now in culture when it comes to just echo chambers and all that. But imagine being able to create a world in which you have these robot people walking around who agree with everything you say, essentially, right? I'm not saying we're not there yet, but we're not that far away from literally being able to create a mechanical friend that you pretend is real. I mean, it's, it's. It's a little wild, and I don't, of course, I think we have to look on the other side, too, of all the positive things that can come from AI, right? Medical advances, and I mean, there, there's two sides to, to the story here, but judging based on our history, I'm much more creeped <laughs> out than I am excited for it. Yeah, it's definitely just a new, it's a new thing to everybody, and I feel like so many are saying Elon's on the right track. He's trying to push truth as much as he can and make space for people to share what's on their mind, what's on their heart, whatever, without being silenced. But then there's things like this that remind us that God is truth and the Bible is truth. And if you're not in line with that or you don't believe that, then there's still going to be this gap. And so there's definitely a space for Christians with AI. I think it could be a really incredible thing for us to, to use and figure out how to use, but still, yeah, it's kind of pushing on this Scientology thing, I think. Yeah, indeed. And the and the scary thing is that young people in particular, right, that are trying to, they're going to be kind of probably just by the way things are, you know, old people like myself, I'm pushing 50 here, but I'm, I'm going to be less likely to depend on AI for stuff. I just do things the way I do things. You know, I've, I've dabbled in it to see what it can do. So people in my era are kind of going to be like, eh, and younger people are going to be the ones that go for it. And I just, it's kind of like GPS. When GPS came out, hey, it's a great thing. And this isn't nearly as consequential, obviously, as what AI is doing right now. But just think about GPS. Before that, I remember having maps in the car when I'd have to actually learn how to use a map. You had to use your brain for that. And then once I got a GPS, I remember I don't, after using it for a few years, I was like, I don't, I, if this thing went off, I wouldn't know how to get anywhere. I wouldn't know anything. And so I kind of feel like it's that same, we could be heading for sort of that same type deal if uh, yeah. if we rely on AI too much. And I think younger people probably will. And as you can see, it's flawed and they don't put any of the sourcing on there. That's very concerning to me. Well, you heard that first, ladies and gentlemen, from old man McGreevy. Don't <laughs> trust it. No, I'm kidding. I do think that, um, I, I do, no, you're 100% right. And that's how I am with GPS now. I can't get down the street anymore without it. <laughs> yeah. Before I was fine. But I do think, you know, like looking at the Bible and stuff, that the fact that there's so many languages where it still hasn't been translated and there are big efforts to use AI to translate 
violated, right? So, yeah. so Madison, to your point, I do think that the church needs to figure out how to use this and not fall behind because it could actually advance the gospel while the rest of you know culture is crumbling yeah. under robot attack. <laughs> yeah, and well, there's going to be no shortage of things to cover as it comes to AI, and so we'll certainly do that at CBN and FaithWire.com. For now, though, we're going to move over to our focus story. Last Friday, attorneys argued at the U.S. District Court, um, the Eastern District of Arkansas, about the constitutionality of a Ten Commandments monument on the grounds of the Arkansas uh, State Capitol. So it's not the first time the monument has been attacked. So, Madison, what is the deal with this story here? Well, there were quite a few groups, actually, who are trying to have this monument taken down. There were attorneys representing the Satanic Temple, Freedom From Religion Foundation, the ACLU, the Arkansas Society of Freethinkers, and just a handful of other offended Arkansans. So lots on the petitioning side, and attorneys from the Arkansas Office of the Attorney General and First Liberty Institute defended the monument. Hmm. So what... What was the argument here? I mean, because we, we like you said, we've we've seen this in the past. People going after the Ten Commandments, which, just as an aside, I always chuckle at them. Always like, okay, they're worried about this, the you know, state, uh, church and state, and I always think like, wow. I mean, if somebody walks by, you know, how many times that people walk by the Ten Commandments and they instantly convert, you know, it's it's it happens instantly. Um, so I always find that comical that in a courthouse they're so concerned about that, but. What was the argument that each side made? Right. Well, the lawsuit claims that the monument violates the First Amendment by establishing governmental preference, which is kind of another way of saying what you just said. So basically saying the monument supposedly favors Christianity over other religions. And the groups that brought the lawsuit cited two instances in the past when the Supreme Court apparently decided to remove similar statues of the Ten Commandments that were on public grounds. But the state argued that there are a hundred other monuments on public land that are identical to Arkansas's Ten Commandments and that the legal precedent makes all of them constitutional. And one of their examples is of a nearly identical monument in Texas that the Supreme Court decided was constitutional in 2005. And Justice Breyer wrote in his opinion that it communicates to visitors that the state sought to reflect moral principles, illustrating a relation between ethics and law. And this is pretty much exactly what First Liberty attorneys argued when they said displaying the Ten Commandments, a symbol of law and moral conduct with both religious and secular significance, is a longstanding national tradition as a matter of law. Mm. And I'll just I'll just know also that recently the Supreme Court again said in the American Legion versus American Humanist Association case that the Ten Commandments have historical significance as one of the foundations of our legal system. So the legal system is showing this monument and what it stands for isn't out of the ordinary at all. Yeah, no, that's a great point about, you know, that our legal system is based on that because it's absolutely true. I mean, you look at the words of the founders and clearly, uh, and that's what makes America different than pretty much, well, yeah, every other country probably in the history of the globe is that we base it on a higher power than just government and man. So how did that monument come about in the first place? The Arkansas state legislator authorized building the monument on Capitol grounds back in 2015, but it wasn't actually built until 2017. And it's actually a privately donated monument. And it stands by a bunch of others, including memorials to military veterans and the Liberty Bell. 
But this isn't the first time the statue has been attacked. And less than 24 hours after the monument was built, a man actually ran over it with his pickup truck and completely destroyed it. So a replacement monument was built in 2018, and then it's been under legal attack ever since then. But First Liberty is saying that their main effort in this case is to prove that the Ten Commandments are not only legal, but actually reinforce our legal system and hopefully put this issue to rest once and for all. Wow. That, I mean, that is incredible. First of all, my first instinct is to just pray for the, the sad person who, whose soul is so warped that they decided to run over the Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. uh, they were so agitated by it. That is that's just sad, really. But this is, I mean, Billy, you've had so many run-ins with the Freedom From Religion Foundation and cases like this. I mean, this is, I guess oh, I should my friends over there. Yeah, yeah I know. I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised that this fight continues. I'm a little concerned, you know, because the courts usually seem to hold on the side of allowing these things. But uh, I don't know if that's going to be the case forever because they just keep trying this stuff and we have to keep testing it. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they've also tried in God We Trust getting that stripped off of money. I mean, this has been an yeah. ongoing, you know, any and I think the bigger issue here is that any mention of faith whatsoever in the public square it's treated as though it's some sort of virus, right? They don't they yeah. don't want that presence to be there. And I mean, we could do a whole episode just on the fact that culture is crumbling. The more the more we move from God, the more culture seems to crumble. But you know, I, I agree with you. I don't. I, there's look. There's a reason why they keep fighting this, right? They don't give up. They keep losing, but they keep fighting it because at some point they're assuming they're going to have a win. We have to just keep reminding people that the separation of church and state is to protect the church from the state and not yes. vice versa. But people like to flip those conveniently. Yeah. And it's not really in the Constitution, that phrase. I mean, it was mm -hmm. in a letter written by Thomas Jefferson. And it's worth repeating because apparently people forget that. It, it isn't the way that they're saying that it is. It doesn't mean you can't mention anything faith related. And if that were the case, then what were the founders doing in like the first Continental Congress, when they open it with prayer. It's so obvious. I don't know how people can get away with trying to pretend like that didn't happen. Clearly, the founders were okay with talking about God, even the more secular ones uh, or the deists among them, not necessarily Christians. They, cl they clearly were okay talking about God. Yeah, I mean, I think Thomas Jefferson was even going to church at one point in the Capitol or, I mean, the, the, the founders... They clearly didn't want, as you were saying, Madison, they didn't, nobody wanted a theocracy. They weren't right. looking for that, but, but having the influence of faith, by the way, I don't know what human being with a brain is walking around acting as though people don't have worldviews. Everybody has a worldview. <laughs> right, so this idea right. that, you know, this idea that like, Neutrality. oh, only people of faith, right. Yeah. Like uh, only the secular worldview can reign. It's like, well, no, that's ridiculous. People vote and choose for the people they vote and choose and, you know, worldview matters. So yeah. And again, I don't know who with a brain is looking at the numbers and not feeling a little bit of worry over what this removal, this obsessive removal of God is doing to us. Yeah. All right, Madison, any closing thoughts before we head over to the main thing? I would just say also that the, you know, the Satanist group that was one of the ones filing this lawsuit, they had mentioned something at one point about wanting to erect some sort of satanic monument or something. And I feel like that can be shut down pretty quickly because the Ten Commandments, I mean, it's do not murder, do not steal. It's right. things that we have in our own legal system. It reinforces those things, but that's in the best interest of our country and the people living here. And I don't know what exactly the satanic monument 
would reinforce that we would encourage in society. So yeah, <laughs> just yeah, think that's the an chaos, Madison. Total, <laughs> chaos. <laughs> total chaos. Yeah, it's essentially a troll. Billy and I have mentioned that before. Like, it's essentially a troll that they're doing to try to make this point that oh, even if you allow that, then we have to allow all these other things. And it's like, no, actually, you don't. Uh, yeah. You can actually pick and choose and use common sense. And worshiping Satan seems like a common sense choice. But then again. I've seen a lot of the things going on today and nothing would surprise me. So <laughs> nevertheless, appreciate you bringing that story, Madison. We're going to move over to the main thing now. And church attendance, it's been trending down. Many ones connected to the church are more isolated now than ever, even with doors now obviously opening for some time now post-pandemic. But one ministry is working behind the scenes online. They're trying to change that trend. And CBN's Brody Carter has the details on a ministry that thousands of churches are already tapping into. That's today's main thing. The numbers tell the story. Even before COVID closed doors, membership in America's houses of worship were headed below 50% for the first time in the 80 years Gallup had tracked that trend. From just before the pandemic through last year, overall church attendance dropped 3% over those three years. In looking at the why, the Pew Research Center found the problems inflamed by COVID, with one in five Americans reporting they attend church in person less often than before the pandemic. The new trend that we're seeing is um, people have moved or they disconnected from their local church um, during the pandemic, and they're ready to reconnect back into their faith community. And Glue, a ministry platform, is building on that trend by working behind the scenes online to help people connect with a church. And so we make it possible for individuals who are curious and seeking to be able to connect into a local church and a local conversation. If you've ever wondered why you randomly get online ads for mental health support, marriage help, or dating sites, it's because your search activity isn't a secret. In fact, it can be a goldmine for companies like Glue that are paid to connect you with people who can help. About 1.8 million individuals that search for relationship help. That's the top trend Glue sees in research. I did a follow-up interview with Glue on how it's using that data to perfect its marketing strategy. And just like any advertiser can purchase sponsored ads or do SEO optimization um, so that they're showing up in that search results, um, that's one of the strategies that our outreach partners are using. Executive Director Devin Klein sees the company as an online connection engine. So it's really not taking big data. Um, it really is just uh, being a part of the results that get returned back when somebody is searching for help online. Klein specializes in connecting you, the explorer, with local churches and companies that Glue calls responders. And church responders pay from $1,500 to almost $4,000 each year to fill empty church seats. And we have 23,000 organizations who are using our tools. And so a subset of that are 6,300 churches who have registered and said, I would love to connect with people in my community. Glue started in 2010 and recently found its stride, connecting 150,000 people with churches nationwide in just two years. The 150,000 plus individuals are getting help. And right now we're matching somebody every two and a half minutes. And so that means every two and a half minutes, a church is getting introduced to somebody in their community that may not have thought about walking through their church doors. Kelsey got it! Touchdown! 
you've likely heard of Glue's largest partner, He Gets Us, which made its debut at the Super Bowl airing two commercials, part of a $100 million ad campaign aimed at making Jesus more relatable. So we're talking about Jesus, yes, but Jesus doesn't need rebranding. Jordan Carson, spokesperson for He Gets Us. We really have two goals, and one is to reintroduce people to Jesus and his confounding love, and the second is really to call upon Christians and have them self-reflect on the way that they're treating others. Other major partners include Church's Care and K-Love Radio. While Glue and its partner's primary motive is converting people to Christianity, the marketing tension between selling and converting raises questions about using marketing strategies to promote Jesus for profit. Yes, sometimes it can represent those tithe dollars, but most of the time churches are not um, joining glue and participating with that motivation. However, congregations are reaping benefits. We've had over 500 people that we've been in connection with in the last 18 months. Greg Reed with Christ Fellowship Church in Florida says this digital outreach makes it easier to share the gospel. It just gave us a different view of what evangelism looked like. And I think what Glue's helped us is like, how do we reach those people who they're not going to look for a church? They're not going to go online and look for a sermon. They're just on social media and they're searching for something. They don't know what it was. Participating churches can expect about 12 new connections per month. As these digital campaigns succeed, you can expect to see more outreach that expands beyond the web to public venues, including professional sporting events and music festivals alike. Klein says pastors and churches often become disconnected from their own community. Now a number of churches are thanking Glue for helping them get back to building stronger relationships with people who walk through their front doors. Brody Carter, CBN News. All right, Brody, thanks so much for that. And that's going to leave us with time for one last thing on the pod today. So, you know, we're, we're looking at spiritual blindness. That's a lot of what we're, I think we're talking about here. And so that brings me to 2 Corinthians 4, 4. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And I, th I think we got to remember that when we're looking at these cases about the Ten Commandments and all of these things that we want to pull our hair out because we're not understanding why people aren't getting it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even reading through those cases today, I we can get so frustrated with people for not understanding the truth. And it doesn't mean that we're helpless knowing that they're blinded. It just means that we need to be praying for God to open their eyes and their hearts because only he can. Yeah, absolutely. And that they're not the enemy, right? That Satan's mm -hmm. the enemy. And these people are just prisoners and we're just trying to preach the gospel and pray that God opens their eyes. And uh, it just it'll help with your demeanor and everything else when you're engaging with unbelievers who can be frustrating at times if we're being honest. So, all right. Good spot to leave it on the podcast today. As always, get yourself on over to CBNNews.com and FaithWire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. Lord willing, and that creek don't rise. We shall return tomorrow. God bless you then.